Yay! Hey, hey how's it going? Hi. Oh, good. Rocking and rolling. I was literally about to make some coffee. I was like, awesome. we'll see if this works. The last time I tried this out, um, it did not work. I had to go through Zoom. But either way, so happy you're here. So excited to hear your voice again. Um, I suppose I should introduce all listeners at this point. Um, hello, Taos. Welcome to Taos Talks podcast. My name is Cassidy. I work with Taos Alive in substance abuse prevention and youth empowerment, as well as school prevention and media work group coordinator. And the podcast is brought to you in collaboration with Rocky Mountain Youth Corps and Taos Alive. And with me, I invited Magical, the wonderful, the only Amy Lewis. She is a recent graduate from Taos High, correct, Amy? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Recent graduate from Taos High. She has done some work with us with the Youth Coalition when we had it up and running and really just a super awesome member of the community. And I wanted to bring her on so she could share a little bit of her story, Um, not even just with Taos Alive, just in general. So again, welcome, Amy. So happy that you were able to make this. How is how is the world of Amy looking these days? Oh, it's looking... um... You know, it could be worse. Like, I've gotten back to work in the woods um, in a socially distant manner, so that's pretty nice. I miss you guys, of course, so much. You guys are all amazing. Um, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, too. Um, but, yeah, just kind of, I got to do college orientation and... Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, just getting ready, adapting to quarantine life and... Um, yeah, getting ready for a big old life shift at the same time. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious about that too. So, so you're you're are you abiding by like are you spending majority of your time alone like as you said like in the forest? So that's where you're spending most of your time? Yeah, and I do mm-hmm. we um have a crew of like nine people and we have like maybe about five people out at a time. We all wear masks um and keep our distance, but um yeah, we've been able to work together and we spent like a, the first couple months um just doing zoom meetings and things like that so it's been really great to get back out in the woods and make those measurements and keep getting that data in for the um Cerro Cerro Negro Forest Council yeah tell us a little more about that I don't know that I've heard of it okay so it's this um project it's a nonprofit that um is uh part of the Cuesta Ranger District for the um Forest Service um well it's an independent organization but they're um Mm -hmm. in collaboration and the idea is that um a lot of leñeros and woodcutters uh have like struggled in the past to get to the land that um they could easily use to um cut wood and at the same time these areas um people were noticing that they were getting kind of um thick and like dangerous for um a fire hazard basically and so the what we're doing um they hired high school and college students to gather data about on the health of those forests before and after thinning and the general idea of the whole project is to allow these people to pay these people to um cut wood and that would be part of a whole thinning project to make it safer um for the forest in general to reduce um, fire risk. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. So cool. And I'm not surprised that you're also doing that. You do so much. You're always so involved. And it's it's such an inspiration to me. Like when I was in high school, I did not – I was not as involved where I lived in Indiana. And so when I meet – when I met you and you were just like full of vibrance and like always ready to help, it's just – I don't know. I think it's something that I would love to see more of in everyone. And it's so appreciated that you can serve the community in the ways that you do. Um, And then my next question is, so as you're preparing for college and you're still doing this activity in the forest, um, what is that like? Is the college like, are they suggesting that they're going to do it in person or is it still closed? What is the orientation going to be like? Um, so the orientation is online. They are, the plan right now is to, um, go back to campus in the fall tentatively. They did take away our roommates. Um, so they're going to do their best to keep it, um, safe and keep social distancing going on. So I'm, I'm expecting, um, a good amount of online class time, even though 
I'll hopefully be there. Um, that's the plan right mm-hmm. now, anyway. So yeah, that's interesting. And I know I like I know a couple of classmates who are just gonna have to start entirely online, won't even get to go. Um, so I'm grateful that we are so far planning to at least be there. Um, so that'll be right. interesting. But. Um. So okay, so they take away your roommates, and you're going to you you're going to UNM, correct? That was the college correct. you chose. Okay. Yeah. Um. Where did my brain go? It like totally left. I was like literally visualizing you in college in those situations, <laughs> in online classes. Um. How are you currently socializing? Like, do you feel like with the current friends you have, and I'm sure a lot of your friends are also graduates and going to go to college soon, whether it's online or on a campus. Um. Is the social life, has it changed? Like, is it still healthy and vibrant and just in a different way? Or would you say it's like COVID has negatively affected your ability to connect with your friends? Um, For me personally, it really hasn't changed much, but that's just because I'm an introvert. And um, so like the the, um, FaceTime calls and things like that, like um, haven't bothered me. Like the, uh, the limits on socialize socialization haven't really bothered me as much but I know that they're bothering people who were used to hanging out with big groups of friends like all the time like at least every week and I have also been doing like hikes with friends and things like that and that's been really nice so I don't really feel socially deprived in this situation but I feel like some people who are more extroverted might um, so that's definitely rough. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Okay, cool. Well, it, it's just nice to hear because, I mean, you you get so many different branches of perception on media and social media as far as, like, how people are interpreting and reacting slash responding to COVID. And you never really know the truth, at least in my opinion, until you actually talk to the people you know going through, going through the experience. So that's always why I ask because I like to gather – gather an idea of how, like everyone's experience. Mine is a little similar to yours where I don't really feel entirely socially deprived. I mean, I, I'm ambiverted. Like I love extroversion and introversion. Um, and I found a lot of value in spending this time by myself and learning so much about parts of me that I don't always get to experience because I'm always on the move or always on the go or always have something to do. So it's really nice in that regard. But I'm kind of with you in the sense that I don't feel like socially I'm like super sad or like missing something. But I also know that for really extroverted people, like my brother, for example, in Portland, he's even though he has a partner and he's like living with his girlfriend, he he definitely misses his social time. He thrives um, being mm-hmm. around people. And with that being said, I will also note that, you know, my team at Taos Alive, I even told this to them. And even just interacting with you like this, I feel like when I'm around good people, the best parts of me tend to shine through. And so I really do cherish that. And when I'm alone, I'm not like, I'm obviously not going to be just like bubbly and like giddy as I always am around people. So it's interesting to see the difference in how I interact with my own life, either with people or not around people. Um, Definitely. Yes. Groovy. Okay. And then... Next question is, I wanted to kind of go back in time a little bit to the environmental scan with Taos Alive. And I had just moved to Taos around that time. Grateful I did because I got, I got to meet you briefly. Um, <laughs> I was like, this chick rules. Uh, but I'm curious oh if you wanted to share um, a little bit. like, And okay, without dissecting all of what the environmental scan is like the main thing I'm interested in is like how you processed it like what your experience was with it and your perception of it in relationship to Taos in general Taos and advertisement and I'll go ahead and pass the ball over to you okay awesome so um yeah now I'm thinking back on it I can remember like um, going in to do my first scan and, um, like, people were explaining to me, like, what it's for, um, they, they were just telling me, like, oh, yeah, we're gonna look and see if there's alcohol, um, external alcohol advertising, um, and eventually try to do something about that, and I remember thinking initially, like, is this gonna do anything? Like, mm-hmm. is this, um, 
the most productive thing we could be doing right now? Like, how much impact does this actually have on the community? Mm-hmm. And then um, I went out and did it, and we took tons of pictures. And then I started thinking more about how how we can definitely um, get into young people's minds. Um, and this was before I even knew that there was research suggesting that um, advertise that alcohol advertising causes young people to start drinking more at an earlier age. But um, mm-hmm. even just as I was doing it without that knowledge, I started feeling like, okay, yeah, this probably does have a pretty, fairly significant impact on the community and how young people are, including me, are perceiving um, the use of alcohol in general and whether and um, how big of an issue it could potentially be. So, um, yeah, I definitely remember it being a lot more important, becoming a lot more important to me once I actually went around and did it. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, yeah, then after that, I just wanted to share that impact that it had on me um, with other people. And I was hoping to, um, that the presentation we put together um, at least helped to do that in some way. Um, yeah. And I think it did. Yeah, that was definitely a really valuable activity, I think. Um, yeah, because it changed <laughs> my perspective. <laughs> oh, cool. Sure. Yeah. That's usually what we aim for. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, when I thought of it, too, because I was new to my position at the time, I was like, what is this going to be? And and I also had the thought to myself, like, does, is this going to actually create the change that we want to see? Which, um, in layman's terms, is we want to see Taos be a really healthy place for not only kids, but families can enjoy their lives and live healthy lifestyles. And um, obviously with Taos Alive, we also, we strive for substance misuse prevention because we know that can lead to unhealthier choices later on. Um, and with the environmental scan, for those who don't know, it was it was an implementation strategy that the group decided to do to actually just scan all the alcohol alcohol advertising in the town of Taos. And the goal wasn't to like, you know, um, call people out or make businesses feel small or like they did anything wrong necessarily. Advertisement is a, is a very important role that um, advertisement plays a very important role for businesses. But the point was to understand with research that is done, how subliminal repetitive advertisement can actually be on not only the youth mind, the growing mind, um, but also our own minds. And I just think about commercials and even TV shows. Um, Some of my favorite TV shows still like it's there's so much norm normalcy and um yeah like normalizing the use of alcohol because it is part of our culture it is part of the the culture within america and which is like interesting to witness um especially like growing up with um alcoholism around me and also having you know my own relationship with substances as i you know, carried on through my life, um, to becoming substance free. And I, I want to see, it would be really dope if I could see like a new kind of value system structured around healthy lifestyles. And like, if not like completely omitting, you know, alcohol abuse, at least just mitigating the consequences that come with like abusing a substance, you know, um, I'm not here to judge people's lifestyles. Like I, I don't, I don't care. I just want people to be healthy and happy. And in the environmental scan, when I was like taking pictures with you guys, I really did search and notice like, holy crap, there's so, there are so many pictures and messages that just want that just say, buy, buy more alcohol. And the point is like, it does affect our brain and can change the way that we understand it. And it, if anything, it really just, it echoed something I already knew, which is the culture that we have with, with alcohol. And 
I'll just say again, it'd be really cool to start seeing more shows that maybe don't have alcohol as a form of blowing off steam or, you know, like alcohol doesn't have to be involved in every social occasion. Um, Not saying like, yeah, well, that's actually, that's genuinely my thought and my feelings. And again, not trying to say like, it's like, there's one right way to do things. I just want to see more of a balance and I want to see healthy coping skills, um, because I think dealing with the harder sides of life is not always easy to do. And um, it can be really easy to turn to a substance to alleviate some of the pain or things that we might want to forget, et cetera. But once, once we sober up or once, once that comes out, like once we finish that, the, the problems are still there and they're still on the surface. Um, I got a little off topic going back to the environmental scan. Um, what I was trying to say is like, I agree with you. I didn't realize the impact it would have. And granted, I don't think majority of the community has seen the, the actual presentation yet. Um, that's still something that, which I can actually, I'll talk to you about um, after this too, Amy, I'll send you a text um, explaining why we haven't mainly because we want to make sure that we are presenting it in a really respectful way because our, our goal is, is not to tear anyone down, but to unite the community. So we're finding a different approach of highlighting the pictures um, without directing it to one specific area. Um, yeah. And uh, we're also currently in the midst of trying to, trying to find ways to reduce those advertising. And it's not always easy because there are a lot of barriers and policy change challenges that we do face. And um, yeah, there's just some interesting lines that we have to balance and challenge, etc. Um, but the coolest thing when I was working with Amy is just how, how poised she was through it all. And there's this objective perspective that she has that I think is so valuable to have where like, she's just able to see things at a very clear, very clear perspective and perception. And then very open to sharing like her experiences as a teen growing up in Taos, which brings me to my next question, which is what, like what you're, you've grown up at Taos. Like you are, you're born, you were born here. Yes, Amy. Um, I was actually born in um, Alamosa, Colorado. I didn't move here till like 2015. Okay. So still 15. I can't do math fast. So 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, about five years. Yeah. <laughs> So about five sorry. years ago, that's good. Um, and with that, like, what do you notice as far as trends with substance use and, and within your peers? And yeah, only share what you're comfortable to. Okay. Um, I definitely notice um, a lot of, I, did, I notice like a lot of struggles, um, mainly with like, you know, less dangerous substances, mm-hmm. um, but still that can have long-term harmful impacts like vaping. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, a lot of a lot of teenagers everywhere um, tend to drink and smoke weed and mm-hmm. um, things like that. And what I've been noticing is that a lot of the time it just is so normalized. Um, and just such a part of life already um, by the time we're in high school that it doesn't seem like a big deal to most people right. and including myself I just don't really it, I don't have the mindset that it's like this big deal that a lot of people are doing these kinds yeah. of things um, but at the same time like I know that it can uh, cause addiction in the long run and it can um have developmental effects and things like that um and I think I think everybody really generally knows that um at least to some extent but um I think but like the the general trend is that people keep doing it um young people keep on engaging in these types of activities because again it just doesn't in the moment it just doesn't seem like something that's gonna have that much of an impact um yeah and like you don't you don't see anything super huge happening in a moment and it's once you I don't know it 
it's it's um definitely interesting mm-hmm. because I never personally never really got around to engaging in a lot of substances um so far but like so I don't quite have the same perspective as like the general population of young people in the in mm-hmm. I guess the whole nation um so that's been a little weird to try to have like an objective perspective on it but I think just in the general sentiment is that it's not it, it's normal and um mm-hmm. that it's yeah that it's just not that impactful yeah um, yeah <laughs> yeah uh I have so many <laughs> thoughts thanks for thanks for sharing that and yeah I agree with you and I still like even though like this is part of my job I still like I contemplated a lot where I'm like, why is it, why is it this thing? Like, why is it so just kind of shrugged off? And I also don't like being the person to say people should or shouldn't do something. That is so not my role. I'm like, I'm more of a, I let people do what they want kind of person, but I will always also have it be that I, I will always try to be the best person that I can be and, and, and try to encourage that in my friends and family and the people that I love. Um, and for me with alcohol, it's, it does blow my mind how, how normalized it is. And, and again, I know I'm already thinking of like different ways that people can argue this or like attack this dialogue. And (laughs) I'm not singling, like, I'm not singling out alcohol. I'm very well aware of other substances that are, that are abused and used. It's just for the sake of this conversation and the environmental scan, um, that I think it's, it's important to highlight um, and just to contribute to the conversation. Um, whereas a lot of my life, I didn't want to contribute to the conversation out of fear of, you know, not not blending well with a mass population. Um, I really didn't enjoy that feeling, but now I don't care so much. Um, and with alcohol, I I think it's going to take time. Uh, it's going to take years. Um, who knows how long? But I do think it'll take time to create an actual change in the culture. And I think that's where the root of it is. Um, and it's not like advertising is really only a, a branch of why alcohol is, is continued to be sold, continued to be used, either used responsibly or misused, and then also leading to abuse, which has more negative outcomes. And I think the root, it comes down to like just our culture and values and a set of beliefs that are either subconscious or very conscious at this point in time. And it would be really cool to see a shift in that. And when I meet, you know, when I meet, say you, Amy, and like hear your perception on substances and I feel like your approach is just well-rounded and very balanced and honest. And like, that's kind of the key for me is like, it's, it's super honest and real and I think they're going to create more change living by your own value system through that than trying to fit in with, like, the mass popular idea that there's it's not a big deal. Which, to also say, it can be as big of a deal as you want it to be, and it can also be as not big of a deal as you want it to be. For me, I am, like... I would say I lean in the middle towards heavier, more of, like, it's... To me, it, I just... it's legitimate like it's not good to drink and I've never mm. when I used to drink there was never a morning I woke up after drinking thinking wow I really I'm really grateful I spent my time like that like I, I don't I don't think I've ever spent time like that it's usually um it's usually the opposite it's usually I wake up like oh wow I'm really glad I did not I did not actually choose to drink with my peers then um Oh gosh, Amy, when I talk with you, I feel like I share way more of my opinions and I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> I don't I don't know that I want everyone to know my opinions, but I kind of put myself in that situation. Um, but I always just appreciate our conversations. Um, I always feel like I can be more honest and that doesn't that doesn't come up naturally with everyone. So gratitude wow. to you. And then I wanted to ask you, um, if you, like, your vision, like, what is your vision if you want, 
and we can expand this beyond just alcohol. We can expand this in general, like Amy Lewis, 3D human person, (laughs) being of light. Um, What is it you want to see change, like in our culture and not just in Taos, but in general, like in the world? Like what shifts do you want to see so the world can be left a little better than we found it? Um, hmm, yeah, that's... It's big, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, no worries. That's, uh, yeah, it's a really important um, topic to go over. And the first thing that came to mind was imagination. um, Because I've talked about imagination, like, throughout high school, like, in my sophomore year. I do speech and debate, and I made, um, Mm -hmm. I wrote a speech about the importance of it in society and how the education system has kind of been suppressing it with standardized testing and oh, yeah. the education structure around standardized testing. Um, and so I think that um, as a starting point, I um, would really like to see m- more creativity encouraged in schools because I think it starts at um, the... the uh, at a young young age and I I think it starts with education in creating a society that's more imaginative because right now we I think we're having issues with coming up with like new ideas um just based on the movie theater back when I was still open there were so many sequels and like (laughs) third remakes of these movies from like (laughs) decades ago and just unoriginal content and there's so much of it and I got to where I started boycotting unoriginal movies because I wanted to see more creativity and more new ideas um in not not just in the film industry but in all of society um and so that I think starts with education like I think we've been a little suppressed like one thing I brought up in that speech a couple years ago was how um I remember a day in kindergarten I don't remember a lot about kindergarten but I do remember this one time we were doing a coloring assignment and this one kid handed in their worksheet and I just remember the teacher tell like interrupting the whole class just doing their own thing to be like guys I have never seen a green dog in my whole life and I'm pretty old I've never (laughs) seen a green dog and just like totally shutting down this kid for calling the dog green. And <laughs> and now that looking back on it, I am just kind of like, man, just let, let the kid color the dog green. Like that's like, don't suppress creativity like mm-hmm. that. I feel like that's part of the problem with um, school. And especially I feel like standardized testing companies have kind of encouraged teachers to um, do that. And I know a lot of teachers who have refused and who have really done their best to um resist that and that's been awesome and I want to see um just a just a reform in education that is going to encourage long-term creative thinking in the whole population because imagination is super important that's what um that's how we come up with solutions to these problems that we keep facing in society um, when it comes down to it. So, yeah. So beautifully just... said. <laughs> if you, you have more, feel free to share. This This floor is open. I really value your perspective, and I want to give as much room to that as possible. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, well, the next thing <laughs> that comes to mind. <laughs> oh, man. This is. Uh, I, like, I like our conversations, too, Cassidy. This is nice. Just to, Yay! Like, brainstorm. <laughs> it is. It's getting together. Unite the collective. Okay, proceed. Proceed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, the next thing that comes to mind is just I've been thinking a lot about. Um, especially, and this has been part of it, about, like, what, how can I have a positive impact on the environment around me, um, and what can I do to kind of, um, I don't know, just, like, improve, Mm -hmm. just, I don't know, just make positive change, basically, and I, like, I started thinking about this project with House Alive and how, really all I'm doing is offering 
my time and energy toward something that I feel is important and would lead to positive change. And it's been, it hasn't been difficult to do this. It's been really beneficial for, um, for me personally. And I feel like it's making um, a positive impact on the community in whatever way. And so then I started th- thinking like it comes down to like good vibes like and that now it, now I've just been living by mm-hmm. just like the idea of just spread good vibes because it's just a very simple way to exert to use the energy that you have to just try to make um, an impact for what you think would be a positive change and that can be as simple as just like making somebody's day with a compliment and now you have to and now they're happy because you complimented them and you're happy because they're happy and (laughs) it's just it's just this nice concept just like spread good vibes like and so that's like my new life goal (laughs) just to like yeah just to create positivity like that because I do have um positive energy to offer and as long Mm -hmm. as I have that I, I might as well just um, sp- spread it and offer it out to people and try to be just a positive force in the yes. environment that I'm in. Yes. I literally have goosebumps. I could cry. <laughs> I feel like we have that in common. And that's probably why my heart is always like, yeah, it's always your you on. <laughs> Um, oh my gosh. And as I'm writing, I'm like actually writing some of this down because I want to highlight it at some point, either written for other people to see. Um, what a, just so beautiful. Can I just say what a beautiful, what a beautiful choice in a way to live your life. And I don't care. I like good vibes, for example. I don't care how simple it sounds. It is one of the most potent ways to make greater change. And I think a lot of times we can overlook that because a lot of it deals with the energetic kind of unseen worlds, which is tied into your, your, your love for imagination, which I share that as well, because it's like you're opening, you're opening your heart and your mind and to, to the possibilities of what could be. It's like understanding that what is doesn't have to always be. And the first step to, creating a new world let's say world why the heck not is believing in one and I think in order to believe in one your imagination does need to be very active and alive and I from my experience it is a battle like it is a battle between imagination and order um, within some of the education systems that are in place like the mass majority of um, like public education that is in place can hinder that with that being said, I have met teachers within the system that are forces of light and hashtag good vibes. We're going to put a Z on that because it's fun. <laughs> and I, I'm so grateful that I met them because they gave me hope that, you know, at least some kids will have exposure to understand who they are in an environment and not try to be, be something or know something or know a set of data and information that makes them somebody that they are not and were not born to be. And like, I think kids come in here as our teachers most of the time. And I feel like if we created an education system, it's funny you actually mentioned this, Amy, funny story. So when I was in high school, I had watched this documentary about the education system and the public education system and kind of the money around it. And it just made me so mad. And it made me so mad to see, like, the um, the systematic oppression that is, like, kind of mm-hmm. a little bit hidden, but now becoming a little more clear. And I was trying to apply for a scholarship to, <laughs> to like, my high school, but I, I couldn't. Like, I ended up writing the scholarship, but it ended up basically attacking the education system, which wasn't my best tactic. Um, but I was basically, I was trying to say like, let me help change it. But I think in turn, it just, um, I ended up saying these are the flaws and we really need to fix them. Um, but either way, so I, I, I am with you and, um, to like, to also emphasize again that, you know, it, 
within the education system for the people that are still nurturing and um, caretaking to the imagination and the well-being of our youth, our teens, our young adults, and our adults. Thank you so very freaking much um, because I can think of two, actually three professors that instilled that in me and they, I learned more from them in like one year than I did in like my whole 18 years or I don't even know, like whatever, Mm -hmm. however old I was when I started school through high school. Um, then I learned then, and, um, I have so much gratitude for that because they actually, they gave me the freedom to speak what I like to say what I wanted to say and to share the thoughts that I wanted to share. Like, even if they gave me, let's say a, um, what are, I can't even, a syllabus. And they're like, Hey, this is what the paper's about. Um, go ahead and address these few things from like the 1800 books that you had to read. And, um, I was like, I would come up to them, uh, and I would actually request and I would say, can I instead bring in this element? Because I think it it makes a valuable point. And my intention was not to get a good grade. Like my intention in college was not getting a good grade, but it was to develop myself as best as I could. And it took such hard work to actually get to where I was in college because I had so many people, and including my guidance counselor in high school, who didn't think I would make it to the college I wanted to go to. I had my parents. They're good people, but they definitely didn't think I would get into the college that I got in, including my brother. No one did, which is understandable if you knew what I was going through at the time. But I believed in myself and I believed in the possibility of a different world. And I believed in some of the people that exist here that are, that are kind of with me on that journey. They're with me on making this world a little bit better. And I think you can't do that without imagination. And yeah, I remember watching that video. Actually, I actually watched your speech and I was like, yes. Okay, wise (laughs) old soul. Thank you. Spread more of that knowledge, please. Um, Because it's exactly (laughs) what we need. And including the good vibes like why the heck not like just spending as much time as we can like being like being the people that we want to see being the change that we want to see what does that actually look like to asking ourselves that what does the new world that we want to live in actually look like and for me it's like uh, I just want to see the people I love really happy and joyful and vibrant and I want to see the earth that I live on taken care of and loved and vibrant. And I want to see us actually reaching our full potential because half the time I'm like, why am I really here? And why does it feel so like, like I've been here before and like we could do, we could, we could be changing worlds. And that's kind of like, that's kind of my perspective. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that, Amy, but I felt like we were on that wave together. Totally. Yes. And that's such an inspiring story about your college experience. Um, And yeah, it's just so great to hear um, since I'm going to be in college and just to know that uh, it's just, yeah, it's a really powerful force um, that is like passion and positive energy. And you might as well just, I I feel like um, just might as well like offer it to um anyone who might not have as much of it or might uh or might have like just as much and help just like amplify it and use it to its fullest potential because um yeah I think that is what can help um give people the determination to make actual changes that may need to happen yeah absolutely and then if they're like I'm sharing this with you, and I guess anyone who else might be listening that's attending college, I wish we had more teens listening to this, but also it is a newer podcast, is like building relationships with your professors is so important. And at least that was the case for me and my university without the relationships that I built. And I still email um, three of those professors because they became like my allies. They became my friends in ways that I had only like prayed for and dreamt of um, like wanting that kind of support my whole life and not really growing up with it It was really cool to get it from a couple of professors. And I truly do believe that the educators out there, like, again, just so much gratitude for you because 
taking on that role is it's interesting. It, it's interesting and it's, it's unique and it's potent and it can influence somebody's life tremendously. So, and then for the student, like, don't be afraid to reach out to the professors and be like, Hey, let me hear your thoughts on this because I guarantee a lot of them, I can't speak for everyone, but I can say at least there is a, a percentage of professors or teachers, educators, etc., that only want to see people thrive and grow and learn. Like that's their duty is to educate. So if you come with questions, never be afraid to ask questions ever, ever, ever. And take, I don't know, I don't know if every um, college slash university slash institute does this, but having office hours, go to them. Like it would probably make their day because they're like, oh, they actually want to talk about something. Let's go. And guess what? It doesn't always have to be about the subject matter that you're learning. Um, it's it's relationships are so valuable. Um, and that, again, that's my perspective and the takeaway. But I don't see you struggling in that arena, Amy. Amy, I think you're just going to keep building better relationships with people. And um, I only see you creating that world that you want to see using using your tools and your gifts of imagination and positivity and kindness and fun. You're really funny. And <laughs> I think those are all, those are all tools that are, that are super useful in the energetic world and very valuable. <sighs> yeah. Just wow. That Thank stuff. you so much. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> That's all great information. Yeah. Heck yeah, Amy. Um, you know it. <laughs> I yeah. was just going to ask you, was there anything else that you wanted to share? Any last like statements that you know, you might want to tell peers or even people in my generation or older, like advice on how to actually build those connections with, with people that are not in their generation. I think some people genuinely struggle with that. Uh, curious what your thoughts are on that. Sorry. Now I'm just like going off on crazy tangents, but let's do it. Let's just do the dang thing. I'm going with the force and letting it be. Nice. So like, um, are you talking about like bridging a kind of generational divide kind of yeah kind of well, yeah that's a good way to put it that's a that's a good phrasing yeah we'll go with that that's good okay um well I, yeah I don't know I'm just kind of thinking about how um yeah it's like generate like I don't know I think a lot of people mm-hmm. have generations just in their mindset right now between the terms like boomer and uh, thinking about acknowledging, um, just acknowledging what generation we're from. Like, pe- like my generation is, we are a group of proud Gen Xers. I'm sorry, Gen Zers. And we, yeah. uh, we're really, I think um, what I'm seeing on like social media and stuff is just a general sentiment of pride in our traits and the way we're open about um, things like mental health and like um Mm -hmm. social justice and things like that um and the flip side of that is because that's like a really positive thing to have um like pride as a young developing generation um in our and unity um but yeah the flip side of that Mm -hmm. is that there's a lot of um stigma around boomers and uh I can Mm -hmm. totally totally (laughs) understand where that comes from and I see it like it's it's um definitely a really it's just a really different energy because because it comes from a really different um time and a different cultural setup and it yeah at times I really believe that that um mindset from those decades was negative in some ways uh, and mm-hmm. so that um so that kind of puts like a barrier between the younger and the older generations that I'm seeing and just um I don't know like my relationships with people from other generations uh the people that I tend to be closer to I think are people that we can kind of acknowledge our generational differences and our different different mindsets, um, and also 
build off of that and work with that. And, uh, you know, I can explain to, like, an older person about, like, preferred gender pronouns. And, like, I've had people just Mm -hmm. be like, oh, wow, okay, wow, times (laughs) have changed. And and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, they have, catch up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but, yeah, and it's just, um, it comes back to, like, the good vibes thing, like, um, just kind of working around that stigma that's come up and trying to uh, acknowledge the different mindsets that people are going to have and the disagreements that we're going to have because of that, um, because we grew up in a different time and just to work with it because it just feels so much more productive to do that than to just say, okay, boomer. And trust me, I've been, a, I've been tempted to <laughs> okay, boomer some people at some points, but it just, I, I don't know. I just feel so much better when I try to uh, just collaborate with, um, other people right. and just embrace the difference and then work from there. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's not easy either. I think um, I'm not sure. I don't remember what generation I am in. I think it's like, I think I'm a millennial. Yeah, I think you are too. I think, yeah, which I do feel like I get along with Gen Zers, but I don't, I haven't met all of them. I feel like I haven't put myself in situations or places where I can actually connect with more. But I do know like what I see, which is definitely what you already mentioned, which is like more, it's more proclivity to these positive social changes, environmental changes um, in general. And uh, I'm always, I'm always going to cheer that on. (laughs) Heck yeah. Um, I'm always for that positive shift. Um, But I also know like, you know, my parents are boomers um, and that is that's difficult. <laughs> it yeah. is difficult. Those those generational differences. And again, just to say, I always have to address the generalizations to the audience that might be listening because sometimes I forget. It's just it's not just us. <laughs> um, um, so we might be generalizing these generations, but we're only talking about a specific like category within them. And we know that there are people within every generation that that are you, everyone's unique and everyone's different and brings their own gifts to the world. Um, just generally speaking, some of our experiences. Um, so with my parents as baby boomers, um, I think it took for me and my mom, despite like, you know, personal life struggles of communication and, and what we like our own challenges that we face to build a relationship. Um, I think part of it was dialogue and um, lifestyle choices that we had to make and it took me a really long time to even want to listen and hear hear like what their experiences were and when they shared like when my mom actually shared more it made me it made me really respect her and revere her because I think at that time there wasn't as much information or as much opportunity that there is now And I think that for my mom, her journey being a mother with me, she had to pave a, she had to pave her own freaking road and, and to like feed us and even put a roof over me and my brother's head. And I think in doing so, you don't always consider, you don't have, you don't have the mental or the emotional capacity or time even to consider these other things that are going on like social issues or climate issues when when the main focus is survival and like getting food and like having a place to sleep that's safe for your kids and when I hear her like telling the story like of her journey being my parent and also being like her as a teen it's kind of it's kind of remarkable to think that oh this is a really cool time to be alive and to be who I am in this timeline because I get to see a little bit more of, of the, of the spectrum. And I had a house that I could sleep safely in and, you know, think about cool things like this. And then media and internet and technology comes into play where information is now just so at our disposal that we can download so much approximate knowledge about so many different subjects that, you know, I think we we have an advantage in that way where we actually got more exposure to these 
these outside informations outside of just living a very like domestic and simple life. And again, I'm sure other families were already, you know, they had their own exposure to information. I'm only speaking from, from my family's perspective with uh, parents as baby boomers. And that is one thing I noticed. And I'm also lucky because my parents, though baby boomers, you know, I could see some of the belief system that they carried with them that I was like, uh, we're going to have to change that right quick if we want it, if we want to live in a better place. And then I can see some of their own perspectives that they created, which I think came from their own integrity system and value system. But it is super interesting to me to notice the differences and to just see, like, to like witness, like we are, we are witnessing currently without getting super specific the result of years of a belief system and a value system. And I think where your generation stands um, and, and a handful of my generation stands and a handful of all generations stand is, is actually like trying to change that a little bit because we're kind of like, how is this what we're left with? Like how, like, how is this really happening? It kind of blows my mind sometimes the things that happen, but I, I, I have, wholehearted belief in and people like you Amy who are who are actually just doing doing the work to to like match their actions with their beliefs and like what they want to see and I think so long as we continue down that path slowly but surely I I will welcome happily welcome a quantum leap and change of reality but at this pace um I I know that over time we will see the changes that we want to see and I just love I love hearing about it from other people and um, yeah, like, and meeting more people like that, more people that share the value that I have actually in other generations. And um, I'm always curious about that component. And the reason I asked, I asked you that question wasn't just like um, bridging like the generational gaps. Like, I think that's always going to be an interesting, you know, a, a line to walk a nice, interesting reality to work through, but also because like, for example, me as a millennial, like I, my, with my job at Tales Alive and not even just my job at Tales Alive, but my job in like the galaxy, which is like, I want to make this world better for our youth to live in. Like, period. I would love to see epic changes, small changes, micro changes that are part of that umbrella. And I want to reach out to more youth. And I got to by teaching life skills to, to some of the students here in Taos, but I'm thinking, you know, with social media being a huge outlet for information, do you, but I also have found like some kids don't even have social media. What is the best way to like, you know, let, let some of like kids younger or generations younger than me know like, Hey, I'm on your side. I got your back. And I want, I want to help you like create that world that you want to live in. Something like that. Does that was that did that question yeah, make sense? Yeah, and it's a really good question. And I'm not like I, I haven't been able to think of like a straightforward answer right away. Um, because yeah, yeah, uh, social media. I think it just really depends on the person and how they use it and what they prefer to see on there. And uh, like right. it does. Yeah, I don't know if there's any universal way to. Um, reach people it might just really depend on the individual because I know for me um I learned I first learned about Taos Alive and got into it when um a couple of recruiters came into our classrooms briefly just to talk about the deal what it was then I went to one of the lunch meetings at school and I just it was a vibe so I stuck with it um but I and so that was my perspective and I don't really understand exactly what it would yeah. take to um get other people um to um want to do it and but I think you like as a person I think it would be really easy for anybody to um <laughs> see <laughs> that you're like awesome <laughs> and just such a good vibe <laughs> person and like definitely an advocate for us and um I think it just comes down to getting people uh aware that that's that this is a thing and um that it's a really mm -hmm. nice thing to do because you know once they get connected with you then 
I like I think most people would probably want to stick around, but um <laughs> <laughs> You're so not picky, Amy. Oh my gosh, you are too. Oh um, Yeah. Yeah, I hear it's you. Interesting. I, I think you. yeah, I think we just need to um keep publicizing the movement and I think uh I don't know all I can do say is from my perspective it helped to have people in school um where I was focused and um at a time where I wanted to be invested in the community anyway um but also just opening it up I don't like I don't know if a lot of people understood that it's a really great platform just for like talking about like our experience in general Mm -hmm. and it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be super duper focused on one thing during the meetings and Mm -hmm. that it's just a really nice space for just vibing in general um so Mm -hmm. yeah I think just um social media is a great starting place especially for right now when we can't really do any physical meetings um and yeah just um maybe like some video campaigning that might be fun or something like that is yeah I've always I've always contemplated like do I make because I do the I do the Taos Live social media page and I always like I'm like how much how much do I want Taos to know I'm part of this page <laughs> <laughs> like how much like I I don't I don't know how to balance that but I also think that if I did like maybe make more stories where I'm like yo my name is Cassidy Let's hang out. Let's get some coffee. Let's talk about life and figure out how to make the world a better place. Yes. And like end sentence. Um, maybe doing that and maybe like putting myself out there a little more in that way. Um, yeah. Because I think it is still forming like the, the Taos Alive in general. And uh, thank you for, for joining it when you did. Because I think without your perception and your contribution and your your connection to it, it wouldn't, I wouldn't even have the same perception of it. I would be like, where, where all, where all the kids? <laughs> like, where, is that part of what we're supposed to do? And I just like, I want to reach more. And um, I, and I never know, like, I have this perception or like maybe this like belief block that maybe teens aren't going to be interested in like substance use prevention work or projects or anything like that and I don't really know how true that is but yeah do you think that's a true perception to have or should I just like shake it and just find the people that do do that might value that I definitely think it's a true perception for a lot of the young community um (laughs) and that's been kind of tough to uh yeah because um like I think, well, the other thing, too, is I think that a lot of people wished that it wasn't something they had to um, deal with, like, especially, like, I know um, people, I know, like, young people who have, like, ended up addicted to nicotine and wish they could quit and just things like that, and um, I don't, like, uh, Sorry, I forgot what the question mm-hmm. was. <laughs> like, no, you're okay. I my questions tend to be very condensed, so let me make it. Let me simplify it. That's my <laughs> bad. Um, do you think? Do you think there are kids in our community, youth, teens, young adults, that would be interested in this kind of connection or work um, to understand more about like substance free living, or do you feel like the general perception is more aimed at? that's not cool or like I don't really care about that because I I'm doing these other things that I care about yeah that might be the general perception um for a lot of people unfortunately uh and I can't quite identify Mm -hmm. why but um yeah that's it's not popular that's why (laughs) it's not not cool like like it's like but yeah but yeah go ahead yeah I don't know yeah that's you're right you have a excellent point that like yeah it's just not one of the in things to be doing um when yeah and like something that just came to mind was for me I didn't really do sports and so I have like a lot of free time to like invest in other things and um so maybe some people who are involved in a lot more 
like time commitment activities like sports and things um might feel like that it's just too much to take on uh or something like that but I definitely feel like there would be a lot of other people who would really benefit from this and would really enjoy this and another another thing that's not really as important but um still really helpful is that it's a really great thing to be able to put on college and scholarship applications. And I think if more people understood that, it would at least be a starting point incentive for them to um, just at least see what it's about. And then um, the people who are really dedicated are going to just stick with it and um, just invest what they care about into it. And Right. Yeah. So I think that even though a lot of people might feel like, yeah, it's not cool. It's not really, it's whatever, like don't really just are indifferent to it. I I think a lot of other people would really, um, really enjoy it. Yeah. I I think, I think you're right. I think there's an audience for everything. And, um, you know, I tend to almost, I always carry with me this idea that like, everyone on the same page everyone love everyone (laughs) but also that's not always like the real case and I'm wondering if um if there's just like a way we can we can share about it that's different because it doesn't even because now like the youth coalition isn't really there but we still want to bring youth involved and here's the here's the fun fact nothing is permanent and that is a life rule like life is always changing life is always moving and we genuinely do want to serve the population of teens and youth. And if teens have better ideas on how we can even address substance-free living um, or substance misuse prevention, like we are so open to hearing it. Like, yes, we might be older. Yes, we might have a job title, but we care. Like we care about their perception on things. And if they know of a better way that's going to be more efficient, more effective, uh, uh, yeah, let me know. Mm-hmm. Cassidy at talislive.org. Uh, we're super open to hearing that, but I think, you know, maybe over time we'll, we'll get more feedback on that. And I think the more that we actually, we narrow in on like what we want to do as a team and a group, the more, the more feedback from that, from that audience that we will have. And with that being said though, like I, like you, you were the one youth I met through Tales Alive and I still feel like you carry the the impact of like a thousand people and it, that sounds like a big number but really people like we make more of an impact than I think a lot of us understand so and, like anyone that wants to be involved would be useful wow and it's still forming but yeah so that's that's my take on that and I appreciate your input on it I always love picking your brain always, <laughs> yeah it's just super fun for me and we're we're all I think we're about we're about at the closing closing time all right but Amy is there anything else that you wanted to share or say or yeah tell the people that are listening Um, Tales Alive is awesome and it's a great just it's a great organization to invest in in any way that you can and especially if you're a young person your perspective and your time is so valuable and the more people we get in there the the more impactful it's going to be and the more good vibes we can have. Like, that's just, yeah. And yes. like, you don't, the other thing I want to say is that like, um, when I first joined the coalition, they were really emphasizing that it like, whatever you engage in personally, substance wise, doesn't have any relevance to your overall mission. Like if you, are personally struggling um with substance misuse or engaging in it in any way it isn't even like it doesn't have a negative impact on your um dedication to the organization because what we're trying to do is a just some a general um improvement in the whole in in health for young people regarding substances and so um you don't basically you don't have to be totally sober to be a good valuable contributing member of this coalition 
Amen and well said, Amy. And I cannot echo that enough. Like, we're not going to turn you away if you're partaking in substances. Like, at all. That is, and that's not our thing. That's not our goal. Like, let's just, like, get together and make some changes. There is no judgment here. Thank you so much, Amy. You are a rock star. I appreciate you beyond words and with words. <laughs> Um, cause I love calling you a rock star mm-hmm. and yeah, always, always feel free to reach out. Let me know if you need anything and yeah. And I guess I'll close by saying thank you Taos or anyone who's listening. We appreciate you. We appreciate you taking the time and using your energy and attention to, to listen to this conversation with, um, Amy and I, and yeah, we extend our gratitude to you as well. And yeah, huzzah. Let's call it a day. Let's close it. Big love shine on. Amy, thanks again. Thank you, Cassidy. Yeah, bye. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.